I'd like to focus on our gospel text where Christ is he's likening this generation to this scene on a playground and you got kids playing with each other. There seems to be this little sing-songy um, you know, rhyme that the kids are are rehearsing and singing and it, it says, you know, we played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. And I think it's probably capturing the the childhood experience of people not wanting to play with you. Um, I want to play with Tommy. I want to be his friend, and Tommy doesn't want to be my friend. Why is that? Little Tommy's got a problem. Little Tommy's kind of selfish. All right. So you got you got this scenario where a kid, you know. Whatever game is proposed to him, he doesn't want to play. doesn't matter. And uh, he's not proferring his, any of his own suggestions as to what game to play. It's all on the part of the other person. You want to play this game? You want to play that game? And little Tommy's just sitting there going, No, no, I don't want to play that one. I don't want to play this one. And uh, what we have here is, is Jesus, First John the Baptist is the first friend who offers, you know, a particular game. And uh, it's a game of funerals because John the Baptist came and he was very, you know, ascetic and penitential, all right, and kind of dark. And then Jesus comes and, of course, Jesus was, you know, uh, he was pretty ascetic too, but he was not as um, unbending as John. And so, you know, Jesus sat down and he ate with people and he was a little more, you know, sort of a party-like oriented. So so then Jesus is now portrayed as the other child who says, uh, we played a flute. You know, he's, he's the one playing the flute and there's no dancing going on. It's the Pharisees who are little Tommy who's rejecting all the different offers of Jesus and John the Baptist and he's got his reasons. Um, but it's, it's childish behavior. It's immature. And, uh, you know, there, there's something interesting here about when you reflect upon uh, childishness, childhood, and childishness. Jesus portrays childhood very positively and children very positively in the Gospels. He says, unless we turn and become like children, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's good things about children. Maybe their openness, their, their innocence, their, uh, the fact that, you know, as someone said, a, a child only doesn't have to unlearn, he only has to learn, you know, whereas adults have to unlearn as well as learn because we've been formed incorrectly, whereas a child hasn't been formed. So there's something kind of, you know, good and innocent about the child, the state of childhood. But there's also something immature about it as well, that we, you know, there's a good part and a bad part. We have to imitate the good part of being children, not the bad part. And, and the bad part is, is not bad for child. It's just bad if we have that aspect and we're an adult, okay? So, um, for example, I, I think, you know, uh, the, the baby, the infant, has these very basic primal needs. They need to be warm, they need to be hugged, they need to be fed, uh, and they need to be clean. And that's pretty much it. They're not too difficult to please, but they want those things, and they want them now. And if they don't get them, they cry and they scream. And uh, usually good mothers, uh, most mothers, pay attention to their babies right away. And the, from the child's perspective, Everybody exists to meet his need. That's their job. And in fact, it is their job. God has created, you know, one psychologist I've read said that there is no one on this earth 
who has been placed to meet your needs. You have to meet your needs. You're responsible for meeting your needs. The only exception to that rule is when you were a child and you had this relationship with your parent. Actually, in fact, it is the mom's dad. Mom has been placed on this earth. Dad has been placed on this earth to meet the needs of their children. That's the only relationship in which one person actually exists to meet the needs of another person. But adult relationships are not like that. And so when you confuse those two things, that's the problem. So here's the child, and he's got these two people that exist to meet his needs. Uh, they're, they're, they, they're responsible. Maybe I shouldn't say exist, but they're responsible for meeting his, his or her needs. They cry. They get what they want. And it's almost as if mom and dad can read their minds. You know, because it's not complicated. There's not a lot of going on in there. They want to be warm. They want to be fed. They want a pacifier. They want, you know, to nurse or whatever it is. So it's not difficult to read the baby's mind. They can scream. They don't have to even talk. And their, their mind is suddenly red. It's like magic. Mom shows up and takes care of everything. That's fine when you're a baby. But if you're an adult, we, you, you can't have that kind of mindset. You know, so here's Tommy. He's not going to tell you what game he wants to play. You've got to read his mind. And it just so happens every game you suggest to him, he doesn't like it. Okay? So as adults, we, we can't be fundamentally egocentric, that everybody exists to meet my needs. Everybody's got to read my mind. And for crying out loud, if you don't know exactly what I want, you know, then there's something wrong with you. And uh, there is this uh, kind of a, a also a, associated with this kind of egocentric, immature mentality that adults can can exemplify sometimes. I think also is a very deep sense of self pity, self pity, and uh, they feel deep down, even unconsciously, that the world owes them something, something, some kind of injury. They have suffered some kind of injustice. And the world owes them, and you owe them. And uh, this is this is the kind of childishness that Jesus is saying. We've get you know, the Pharisees are are demonstrating it, and uh, you know, by way of negative example, we as his followers, as Christians, we have to grow up, and we've got to get past that. We alone are responsible for getting our needs met. And we've got to, and other people can help us do that, but we've got to express our needs to others, our wants to others. We can't assume that people can read our minds. Um, we have to be very forward and forthright with what we want, and we've got to respect the wants and the needs of others. We're not the only people that exist in the universe. Other people exist, and we need to be very open to helping other people meet their own needs and getting what they want in life as long as it's ethical. And uh, beyond and above all of those just normal people skills, we need to live a fundamentally ethical life. Not a, not an egocentric life, not a hedonistic life. Hedonistic life means that pleasure is at the center of your world. An egocentric life is myself in terms of my externals. My external self is at the center of the, of the world. An ethical life means that the moral good is at the center of your world. You love not the pleasurable good, not the useful good, not what others can do for me, how they can be used for me to get my own ends, how this can bring me pleasure. 
But an ethical, a fundamentally ethical life is a life lived in love with what is morally good. And that's what Jesus is talking about. In our first reading, too, from Isaiah, God says, I, I, the Lord your God, teach you what is for your good and lead you on the way that you should go. We have to become convinced the depth of our heart that God's commandments are good for us, that they're not there to rob us of our pleasure, because that's what the hedonist thinks. The hedonist hates the commandments of God because he just sees them as a challenge to, to pleasure, which is what he lives his life for. Uh, the egocentrist uh, sees the commandments as hurtful, as doing some kind of injustice to him, taking away his freedom. Um, but we have to become convinced that God's commandments and living a fundamentally moral and ethical life is actually for our good and for the good of others. That has to be the driving central concern for an adult if we were, if we are to avoid the childishness that, that Jesus is criticizing in today's gospel.